Boo Bitches! Welcome to episode 105 of C3, Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. And for a while, we haven't been introducing ourselves. So for any new listeners, I'm River. Are we not? Wow, I'm Ren. I think the last two, we didn't introduce ourselves. But anyway. You should already know, duh. (laughs) Well, yeah, but some people have just (laughs) discovered us and are starting now. So anyway, we're, we're River and Ren. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about clairvoyance. I've always been fascinated by it, so I'm really excited about this episode. But Mm -hmm. first, what are we drinking? So we're totally embracing fall now. October is right around the corner. Yesterday Mm -hmm. was my birthday. Uh, So yeah, we're having some fallish drinks. We're having a good time trying to create some fall drinks. Mm -hmm. So we call this one the Twisted Rum Puff. Still working on that name. Not sure about that. But what it is, guys, this is the weirdest thing. It has popcorn-infused rum, orange liqueur or orange soda or orange LaCroix or whatever orange mm-hmm. flavor you mm-hmm. want to use, and simple syrup as needed, and you serve it over ice. And then you garnish it with popcorn and orange slices. And so the the way you infuse this rum is my mouth is watering and is that you pop the uh, microwave butter popcorn. I use the Orville Redenbacher mm-hmm, super mm-hmm. movie theater butter. Mm-hmm. My my mouth guys is watering <laughs> and you pour into a plastic baggie. You pour the rum over this. You put the popcorn in the bag, you put the rum in the bag and you let it sit overnight. Mm-hmm. Then you put it in the freezer Ooh. so that the solids will freeze because mm-hmm. the rum won't freeze. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you can strain the rum out and it'll have that buttery flavor. And then you add the orange to it and simple syrup if you like it sweeter, like Ren mm-hmm. does. Um, yeah, freezing it's, it's a good idea because mm-hmm. I just used a strainer. <laughs> well, yeah, because freezer is makes it a lot easier to yeah. Get, yeah. get those chunks. But anyway, it's an interesting flavor. I I kind of like it. Yeah, it reminds me. So um, growing up, my parents would always buy like infused olive oils. Oh, and yeah. So like we've had like really good balsamic olive oil salads. <laughs> River dying. <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm trying to cover the microphone. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> when I edit. Sorry. But no, it's okay. But my parents would buy like infused olive oil flavors, you know? And so one of them was lemon and one of them was orange and we would make orange brownies. Oh, that sounds lovely. You know, those cookies where they come with all those flavors? You've made me orange brownies before. Is that, yes. Was that using orange? Yes. The olive oil. Yes. It's so interesting, but it adds like that flavor. And you know, like, you know, I can't remember the brand, but they're like those like little oval shaped cookies with like crackers on top, chocolate in the middle, but they're they have like flavors with them, like orange flavor, raspberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that where it's like the brownie and the orange. So this drink gives me the same vibes as like like in, like it's like something infused, like something different, like orange brownie or something like that. And I love it. It's so good. And we're we're gonna tweak it so that we can tell you all the amounts. You know, we're still yeah. working on this. Book. It's just like a I, eh, splash of that. I'm half inclined just to print our book, saying measure with your heart and let our readers that, yeah, and listeners. I, I'm like, it's. I mean, first it of all, it's easier to do it that way. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Not I mean, that we're we lazy. Have, no, but we have all of the ingredients. But like, again, I'm different with the measurements that yeah. I want. And you're different with the measurements yeah. that you want. We might have to do like a split thing where it's like Rivers, Rivers recommendations and, and Ren's, Ren's recommendations. Or so just say measure with your freaking heart. Me- yeah, the the title is the ingredients. Measure with your heart. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. Have fun. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's get on topic. Okay. Clairvoyance. Yes. So Clairvoyance is often described as the ability to gain information about an object, a person, location, or event through extrasensory perception, which is also known as ESP. Yeah. So without using the typical human senses like sight, hearing, touch, taste, or smell, it's considered a form of psychic or paranormal phenomena. Interesting. And I love the word phenomena. <laughs> phenomenomena. Isn't that, phenomena. Wasn't that a song a long, long time ago? Yes, I think so. Phenomenomena. Anyway, yeah. Um, and so someone who is clairvoyant is said to have the ability to receive information in the form of visions, images, or mental impressions that are not like usually accessible through regular sensory channels. And the visions might relate to the past, present, or future, and they are believed to come from a source of beyond normal human understanding. (laughs) Yeah, it's a term that's been used for centuries to describe Mm -hmm. this ability to see things that are not visible to the naked eye. But it's also been used to describe anything um, from the ability to see the future to the ability to detect energies entities or other phenomena uh, that that are not uh, (laughs) visible to the human eye. So Mm -hmm. the word actually comes from the word for clear, which is clair in French, Mm -hmm. and the Latin word for vision, which is visio. So visio gives Mm. us voyance. So it's called really literally clear Clear sight. sight. Funny. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that part. Mm -hmm. I'm over here like it can give you visions related to the past, present, future. And you're like, this is what it means. (laughs) Literally, this is what it means. (laughs) So a little bit of history. The concept of clairvoyance and similar psychic abilities has a long and diverse history spanning across different cultures and time periods. So it kind of can go back to ancient civilizations where the belief in individuals with supernatural abilities to perceive events beyond the ordinary can be traced into ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. for example. And so this is where they were. there were practices of divinations and seers who claimed to have insights on the future. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what those were because we don't really have any deep information. We just know mm-hmm. that there is clairvoyance, not really what the messages were. And then similarly with ancient Greece, where oracles and seers would... Um, have their abilities and see foresee events. And again, we don't really have much information because a lot of that stuff is lost. Yeah. I mean, in ancient Hindu religious texts, they talk about clairvoyance. Wow. Wow. Clairvoyance as a skill that can be acquired through meditation and personal uh, discipline. Just that Mm -hmm. makes me think Mm -hmm. of the, the, the Tibetan monks, how they have, you know, and this is another example of, something occurring across cultures all across the world before they were even really able to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
it's very interesting. And I know we've talked about this before, but yeah, they seem to connect even though they're nowhere near each other. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, yeah. So it's not like someone made this up because it's happening in all these different cultures all across the world. All at the same time. And they don't have modern technology like where so we can pick up the phone and yeah, go, hey, instantly reach someone across the world or the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the Middle Ages, so during the Middle Ages, clairvoyance and other psychic abilities were often associated with religion and mystic mystical practices, mm-hmm. where uh, some Christian mythic, mystics, mythics, wow, mystics wow. claim to have visions and insights into spiritual matters. However, many of these claims were not like were also met with skepticism, and sometimes even persecution was related to these religious authorities but when you think about it um think about like the vision of jesus and he came to my you Mm -hmm. know he i saw a vision and he told me what to do that's sort of clairvoyance Mm -hmm. whether or not like you believe in that stuff that's still a form of clairvoyance or yeah it's so interesting that a lot of practices that were considered religious back in ancient times like our pentacle and pentagram Mm -hmm. were very religious and now people are like oh that's evil well yeah they associate it with um like satan satanism and the devil and all of that yeah Mm. it's just so crazy because that's not how it was in the past no and i mean yeah well we've talked about this (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but in the renaissance and the enlightenment era uh, is where they saw a resurgence of interest in mysticism and the occult, including clairvoyance. So some alchemists and philosophers <laughs> explored the idea of gaining hidden knowledge through the metaphysical means. Mm-hmm. And so, but however, as science and rational thinking gained a prominence during the Enlightenment as well, clairvoyance and other psychic phenomena started to be viewed as more, like more critically, like it was more not under it wasn't skeptical under, yeah, yeah skeptical yeah. they didn't understand <laughs> and they were also leaning heavily into religion at this time so mm-hmm. anything like that made people feel uncomfortable and you yeah. know how pe- when people feel uncomfortable it's shunned the, and made bad like yeah, in a bad el- light enlightenment period was when they were trying so hard to it was the the birth of science and they were mm-hmm. trying to explain things and understand things rather than just saying, oh, I have faith. They wanted to explain it. In the 1780s, there was a hypnotist named uh, Pusiger, and he used forces that he called animal magnetism Hmm. to put people into a state of hypnosis. And under hypnosis, the patients would display these telepathic abilities. And Hmm. It should be noted that he never associated these abilities with anything paranormal. It was more of a scientific view that it was uh, physiological, Mm -hmm. something that we were able to go within ourselves and scientifically do as opposed to paranormal sending us these informations. I mean, I, I mean, in the enlightenment in Renaissance area, era, I would feel like they had more of like a connective to themselves and maybe their clairvoyance like on that level like it's like Mm -hmm. that i think of it as a a level you know that you can go to type of thing yeah i do think so i feel like they were probably more connected than we are in our current modern era today 
Yeah, magic was still a highly accepted thing back then, as opposed mm-hmm. to now where people are like, oh, there's no such thing as magic. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> but and, it should. I mean, but when you throw the word magic at it, then people can be skeptical. Right. But also it could, it's something, it's more than that. It's not just like Which I think magic. that's why he, he called it animal magnetism. Mm-hmm. Like he, he could feel those energies that we feel. He could feel that. But he was trying to explain it scientifically. He he was a follower of Fran, Franz Mesmer, who mm. was also a, a hypnotist. Mm-hmm. And this is where that term mesmerized comes from. He was oh. one of the first hypnot- hypnotists to to do that um, technique. Mesmerized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move into the 19th century of spiritualism, okay. the boom of spiritualism. Uh it's known as one of the most notable periods for clairvoyance, and um, it came with the rise of spiritualism. Wow. How mm-hmm. many times can I say spiritualism in one minute? <laughs> well, I um, think it's funny because, you know, we were talking about the Enlightenment. They're going more towards science, and then you've got this 19th century spiritualism yeah. who are yeah. like, let's, <clears throat> let's go back to the unexplained paranormal stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it's driven by, like, the the ebbs and flows of what's popular. And in this time, it was a lot of, there was a lot of struggles like, like economically. And so they, Mm -hmm. they clat, like they clatched. What's the word? They latched, latched, (laughs) clatched. They (laughs) latched onto something other than what they had to deal with in their present day. Mm -hmm. And that was the spiritual realm. realm. Well, that's kind of like I like to read urban fantasy because it takes me away from the realism. Yeah. So this was their books. This was their urban fantasy. (laughs) So I I, I think this was the time period where clairvoyance actually began to be associated with spirits and paranormal. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, that's where this consolidated. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the period where mediums claim to communicate with spirits of the deceased and demonstrated mer- very, like, many, my mm-hmm. brain's not working, many uh, various psychic abilities, including clairvoyance. And mm-hmm. some of these could include seances and psychic readings. Mm-hmm. And this these really did gain popularity in that time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not surprised clairvoyance is in that clump but mm-hmm. I don't know if they completely honed in on that's clairvoyance. It was just like a big blob of what they were all doing and right. you know, having it was just fun. All, all the spiritualistic yeah. yada yada. Yeah. yeah. It was all the hype. And that's what you were doing. Instead of going to a party, you were going to a seance. <laughs> yeah. Because wasn't that the time frame that we talked about before where the president's wives and things were having yes. seances in yes. the White it House? Was the, it was the... It was the like, oh, I'm gonna go meet my friend for drinks. It's it's I'm gonna go meet my friend for a seance. And it wasn't anything weird. It yeah. wasn't anything like, oh, I could talk to a bad blah blah blah. No, it was yeah, like, or summon mal- ma- you know malignant. malignant. Yeah, maybe malicious, that's why we ma- malicious. malicious. <laughs> maybe that's why we have so many portals and everything open on this world was because you of know? this era. And they were just they, running around. Yeah, amok they were. Going, they really were. Yeah. They never said like they probably didn't have like proper. Maybe that's why we have all of rules now, because they know what not to like what to what do and not what not to do. To do. And mm-hmm. so you always have to say goodbye. But what if they never said goodbye? And so now we just have a whole ton of like evil entities from not our realm Roaming running around with us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
I wonder what I wonder what the demon activity and then I use demon lightly because that's you know right what, you know but I wonder the what I- entity entity activity was prior to the 19th century spiritualism boom and after I wonder yeah, if there's wonder. any correlation between that. Because you they always talk all, about they let them all in. Yeah, you always talk about like, oh, they're all, like if there's ghosts, there's always been ghosts because there's mm-hmm. been life and civilizations and death and, and, and death and all of that for thousands. I mean, like probably hundreds of thousands of years. Like our planet's old. Mm-hmm. Planet's like what four point one billion years billion, old. Yeah, it's billion of years old. old, and we're only like a blip in that. And so there could have been advanced you know, civilizations who left the planet and then mm-hmm. everything got wiped out. And They're like, like, oh my cycle. God, there's too many ghosts here. I, we're out of here. Yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> so like, I wonder if there's any correlation between ghosts and like entities stuck here versus like what previous centuries have, have done, done spiritually, maybe. It's interesting because now, and now we're off topic, but now if you think about like, if our planet is that old and we've mm-hmm. had numerous intelligent life here who've mm-hmm. left the planet because whatever reason, did they have ghosts? Did they understand mm-hmm. ghosts or was it is just that like why a, they left? Is yeah. that, I don't think that's why they <laughs> yeah, left. She's like, no river. <laughs> but like, do other civilizations have ghosts or is it just all, you know, in our heads? Like, what is yeah. it? I wonder if animals see ghosts. I mean, we see ghosts of animals. Yeah. I wonder if animals see them. I think they probably would because they've got more perception than we do. Yeah, but then, like, you have to understand, like, what is a ghost? I know. We should do a topic on what exactly is a ghost. And I could talk more about it on a episode that's not about something else. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. So the 20th century, we're still on history. Oh, boy. So the 20th century saw the continued interest in paranormal phenomena. Mm -hmm. And so that's where organizations like the Society for Psychical Research conducted investigations into psychic abilities, um, trying to discern their validity. So Mm -hmm. despite ongoing interest, scientific skepticism remained very, very prevalent in yep. this era, I mean, we you're always going to have a skeptic. You're always going to have somebody who says, "Oh, I don't." You're you're always going to have somebody well, that doesn't science, agree. Science needs skepticism. That's yes. how you verify yes. the truth. But, it, but it's it, funny how yeah. that works. You're mm-hmm. always going to have something or the somebody. Naysayers. Yeah, you're always. Which is not necessarily a bad. It's thing. not bad. So you know. <laughs> But in the 1930s through the 1950s, there was a, uh, I guess he was a psychiatrist, um, J.B. Rhine, and he conducted these experiments using the Zinner cards. Do you remember what those are? Those are those cards where they have little like wavy marks on them or a circle or a plus sign. And you would have someone look at them and a person across from them trying to figure out, you know, read their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but he couldn't tell the difference between what was clairvoyance and what was telepathic using that test. Ooh, okay. okay. And also, the United States government jumped on the bandwagon in the 20th century and started doing studies in, uh, in remote viewing. And this was in the 1970s through the 1990s. 
where they tried to determine if clairvoyance might be a way to go ahead and acquire knowledge on enemies mm. and enemy information. Mm-hmm. And the project was known by several different code names, the last one being the Stargate Project. And it was terminated and declassified in 1995 after the CIA determined that no useful intelligence ever came from that project. This makes me think of um, Stranger Things where they were, you know, I think Stranger Things where they were experimenting on Eleven and all the children Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is supposed to have been a takeoff of this um, Stargate project. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I only saw the first... Sorry, I only saw the first episode, first episode, first season of Really? Yeah. I oh my god, I love the it. Other ones. I, I am don't a know. Huge I fan. just couldn't get back into like the second season. Like I just I couldn't. I don't know. But on TikTok, I always somehow decide to always talk about on TikTok. TikTok. I yeah. am. I'm always on TikTok. Where with the Zinner cards, it's very kind of similar, but they'll show a picture on TikTok and it's like, um, how well, how, how good is your intuition basically? And so they'll show a picture and it's all black and white. And they're, they're like, pick the, like, and maybe it's like colored pencils that are lined up and it's black and white. And they're like, pick the red one or pick the yellow one. And so you look at all these black and white pencils and you're like, oh, I wonder which one's the yellow one. So you try to Uh pick and then, and then like, it'll change to color and then you can see whether or not you got it right. Right. Yeah. And so they have, there's a lot of those on TikTok where, um, there's those, and then there's another one where they come up with like pictures of like old timey pictures, and they're like, "Can you guess the color of this person's hair?" And then like it'll be black and white, and then it'll change it, and it's red or whatever. Oh, interesting. So that the Zinner cards give me current day TikTok vibe, <laughs> like the, <laughs> now the modern version of that is TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. Huh. So let's move into the modern era of clairvoyance and psychic abilities where it's continued to be a subject of interest. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're like ever since the beginning of time, you're always going to have some sort of interest in like clairvoyance. You're always Mm going to have some, again, somebody who can do these things and then they express that they can do these things. And somebody's like, you can't do that. You know, Uh you're always going to have interest in these things. Mm -hmm. And so with the invention of the internet, um, there's a wealth of information and discussions about clairvoyance. And many people say they claim to have these abilities. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe if I focus enough, maybe I could, I feel like on some sort of level, like the Tibetan monks, I think that, we can train ourselves. Yeah. I have um, no doubt that we all have an innate ability. We just, Oh, have I to. know. Like, it's just like in us and we have to train it. Yeah. I don't How? have the patience. Uh, I, I could have the patience. I could have hey, the patience. You're unemployed. So you have time. Yeah. But no, I used to be so impatient when it came to like these small, like finicky problems and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I'm a little bit more patient into like what needs to be done. And I'm like, okay, I understand that these things take time. And I think if you schedule a time, like like some people meditate when they wake up or whatever, if you schedule a time, this is my time to practice clairvoyance. Yeah. And you just set a time, you know, here's t- uh, 10 minutes. I'm going to yeah. do 10 minutes every day and it's going to always be at the same time. And, you know, I, th- I think it's possible. 
So I might flippantly say, oh, I don't have the patience, but you can make time. You can make time. Yeah. 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 However, scientific consensus remains largely unconvinced (laughs) due to the lack of uh, evidence, I would say. Yeah, I would say. How do you how do you prove it? Yeah, Although I you can't. Think, it's not something you can really test. I think they're starting to do tests using MRIs and stuff to see what the brain does when oh. it's. Yeah, so there might at some point be scientific evidence of something going on. Hmm, but then it won't be like, oh, in the realm of spiritualism, it'll be in the realm of science. But they can cross over, I think. Yeah, but I, I I like it when it's all alone and like we're in our own <laughs> section versus That's true. Uh, I I like I like the fact that magic can be scientific as well. I do too, but at the same time, it kind of takes away from like the, the magic. magic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of takes away the magic of it all. But I do understand because I mean, I feel like everything's scientific. Mm-hmm. Like everything's mathematical, everything's scientific. It's just a matter of understanding it. That's right. That way. I agree. But then I also have, I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) That's why I have a podcast. I have a lot of opinions about um, how we do science. (laughs) Yeah. Because we we always try to make it so where to where we understand it in earth terms. But that's mm-hmm. not how everything works and, outside and of hu- Earth. Human terms and, and humans human are terms. just very teeny tiny little. Yeah. So part for us to understand everything. the speed of light, we had to condense it down. And it's like, but that's not actually the speed of light. Mm-hmm. That's just the speed of light of what we understand. Yeah. Of the, it's the a way, it's like we gave to it. Yeah. A yeah. part of what the speed of light could be. Anyways. Anyways, totally different. That's what I'm saying. The science, I know a lot of like the science and how it's kind of crumpled down to Mm -hmm. human understanding. And so it's just like, I feel like it takes away a lot. So if you clump clairvoyance or anything magical in the sense of science, how much are you taking away from it for people to understand? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like time. Humans think of it as linear, and I don't know that that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Again, off topic, but that was another problem with all of that. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, throughout history, uh, wrapping up history a little bit. So throughout history, clairvoyance has been a topic that has both captivated and divided people. Mm -hmm. So it's important to recognize that cultural, religious, and social beliefs have influenced the perception of clairvoyance and what it is today and across different eras. So while some individuals believe in its existence, the scientific community remains skeptical, as always, and requires rigorous evidence to validate such claims. Yeah, yeah. And then there's all kinds of types of clairvoyance, more than I I didn't really know how to categorize it. So I just I'm kind of going to go through some of them. Okay. So first, there are terms like cryptosthesia covers a whole range of phenomenon, including uh, clairvoyance, premonitions, dowsing, telepathy, and that's all mm-hmm. kind of clumped mm-hmm. together. The telopsis or telecognosis, and I'm probably butchering all these names. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, that's what we do. <laughs> that covers a lot of things, except for it does not cover deathbed visions or apparitions. Mm. And then you have spontaneous 
clairvoyance versus induced by suggestion clairvoyance versus auto-suggestion. So spontaneous is one that just happens. You're sitting there and all of a sudden you get the vision or the, mm-hmm. the, the premonition, the insight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Induced by sub- suggestion would be when you are put under hypnosis or some other kind of guided experience, like a guided meditation that that tries to uh, help you have clairvoyance. And then auto-suggestion is things like crystal gazing or divination or scrying, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's also something called x-ray clairvoyance, which I thought was bizarre. It's the ability to see into a closed space, such as boxes, envelopes, rooms, or books. And so what, what they would do to test this would be to put something that the person, the viewer, doesn't know anything about somewhere else and then tries to have them see what's inside it. You know, what's in this envelope? What did I write in this envelope? That would be cool. Yeah. And that's called x-ray clairvoyance. There is medical clairvoyance. Okay, but wait, if you have x-ray clairvoyance, you could basically see under people's clothes. Oh my Lord. Yes. (laughs) That's what my my brain went went to. I was like, okay, but then if you're by somebody who has x-ray clairvoyance, then you're basically just like vulnerable all the time because Mm -hmm. you don't know what they're seeing. Unless it's an ability that they can't make happen on demand. On it. Yeah. Interesting. And then medical clairvoyance is the ability to see the inner mechanisms of the human body and diagnose disease. Ooh, and that's cool. There, there's a whole lot on this, which I think is the coolest thing. And they had they had some girl, she was like a seven-year-old girl, and she accurately predicted, not predict, predicted, but accurately determined the illnesses in like an ungodly amount of, oh, of wow. people. Yeah, she just had some kind of ability to diagnose disease and so, she was like young so she didn't have medical terms or yeah. understand you know what pneumonia is or whatever so as a seven-year-old as she grows up does she lose that ability or does she yeah, maintain know. it and then i had another thought oh yeah so would you consider this medical clairvoyance so there was a woman and her husband um, and one day <clears throat> she, she smelled like she, her husband walked by her and she, he smelled, right? Mm-hmm. He smelled really bad. Have you heard this? No, but okay. I have had that. He smelled really bad. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was a, it was a very distinct smell, like something, it just came out of nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. And it was a very distinct smell. And she was like, okay, go put on deodorant, go shower, go do whatever you need. But the smell stayed the same. And Mm -hmm. other people around her were like, he smells fine. Like, what? I don't know what Mm -hmm. you're talking about. So she just kind of lived with it. You know, her her husband smelled. (laughs) And then um, he was later then diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And she was going to a meeting with her husband for Parkinson's disease to, to like a support group Mm -hmm. and she walked into the room and everybody smelled like that oh my god so she like went to the doc like her husband's doctors was like hey all of these people smell like this and like this was around the time like her husband started smelling and then like he had symptoms blah 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 Mm -hmm. and so she can detect early onset 
Parkinson's. So they used in science, they went in and like figured out what, what it was in her, in her nose, I guess, in her smell that Mm -hmm. was able to determine if you had Parkinson's or not. And they were able to create a, I guess, a way to like a early onset for it. Yeah. Early onset test for Parkinson's. I had that and I I always just related. I have got a very, very strong sense of smell. Mm-hmm. And I had an aunt who was old and she's I could smell something on her. And I went to my mom and I was like, she's she smells funny. And she did. She had and she was sick, mm-hmm. but no one else could smell it. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote it up to I have a very strong sense of yeah. smell. But could you say that that's a sort of, like, you're not seeing, you're smelling. It's a sort yeah. of medical clairvoyance, but not with sight, with smell. With I another sensory. For that, for that woman you were talking about, it would be, because I don't smell sick people all the time. I mean, it was yeah. just my aunt. I mean, for her, it was just her husband. And she was like, God, my husband stinks. And I don't <laughs> know why. And then she walked into that room and they all, it was like an overwhelming smell of that, whatever that smell was. That is the coolest thing. And so she she was a, they were able to use her her nose to, to help to detect it. How yeah. amazing is that? that? Is, it's pretty cool. It's pretty oh. cool. Okay, they go ahead. <laughs> also have traveling clairvoyance which involves a change in the center of your perception. It's it's like a mental journey to a distant scene and you can give a description of the same. And one of our episodes we talked about, I think it might have been our dream walking where you actually see a scene in another room and can say okay, the candle's there, the clock is there. That is traveling clairvoyance where you're actually not seen from yourself, you're seen from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I, which I think back to Stranger Things, I think that she had that traveling clairvoyance because they kept trying to, I think they were trying to use her to get intel on um, Russians and whatnot. Um, yeah. There's, they call platform clairvoyance seeing spirits. Hmm. Now, I have I came across this really interesting example and there's still debate on whether he is legit or not so or was he's dead mm-hmm. now but okay. his name was <laughs> Bert Reese and he was born in 1851 and he died in 1926 and Thomas Edison actually was experimenting with him to try to you know this was that era where they were fascinated and wanted to try to put a scientific reasoning to it mm-hmm. so Thomas Edison wrote in a distant room on a piece of paper, and what he wrote was, is there anything better than hydroxide of nickel for an alkaline electric battery? And he didn't tell Reese what it said. He didn't bring the letter with him. And as soon as he walked back in the room, Reese said, nope, there is nothing better than hydroxide of nickel for an alkaline battery. Okay. And then another case involving him, this Reese guy, um, Baron Shrink Natsin wrote five pieces, wrote on five pieces of paper questions like, what is my mother's name? Will you mm-hmm. go to Germany? Will my book be a success? What is the name of my eldest son? And an intimate question that they wouldn't tell us what oh, it was. Okay. And then he mixed all these papers up and presented them to 
the uh, wreaths without showing him what was on them. He just presented the paper. And as soon as Reese barely touched him, he answered every one of the questions. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then in 1915, Reese was convicted by a magistrate as a fortune teller. In one of our episodes, we were talking about witchcraft laws. And uh-huh. that's one of the things you could be prosecuted for. And so the magistrate uh, convicted him as a fortune teller, and he appealed his conviction and agreed to demonstrate his abilities by taking a test. So at that hearing in New York, Judge Rosalski wrote three questions on a piece of paper, and Reese successfully told the judge what the questions were, and the charges were then dropped, and he was released. Okay. That's like, geez. I know, but many people say, oh, he was just a mentalist. You know, he was an actor who, who uses the uh, he has a keen sense of observation, mm-hmm. sleight of hand, and all of that. But maybe could be. But, we don't know. Reading those, how would you yeah. know? I don't know. I mean, Unless if he like saw, I don't know, the person like write it, and he knows how the hand moves when you write. I don't know. That's a lot, though. <laughs> I mean, like he would know Thomas Edison's question would likely be about something scientific. But how mm-hmm. do you? How like do you know exactly? Else, yeah. Unless yeah. he knew that Edison was working on electric batteries or something. And so, but I know, but, but all the there other are so instances. many different questions yeah. too, that you could ask about science. And then those five questions, you could, you can predict pretty much what kind of question people, you know, mother's name is probably common, mm-hmm. but when, when will you go to Germany? How, yeah. how would you know that? Well, my know. book be a success. Okay, that might be if the guy's a writer. Of course, that's going to be a question he wants answered. Yeah, or like, um, I mean, I guess. And how did how did he answer that question? Like, will my book be a success? Yes, I could see the future. No, but it's probably like, I don't know, but maybe. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I feel like that answer would be. Yeah, it's just fascinating. So there are documented cases out there that seem to have scientific explanation and. The scientists are still like, no, he's a he's a trickster. Uh, see, and maybe he was. I don't know. Someone, and maybe, yeah. yeah. But know. still, yeah. Okay, so I know we've been rambling on a lot about clairvoyance and types and all of that, but how do you use it in your witchcraft? Because mm-hmm. I know that's why we're all here, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So again. Clairvoyance is a paranormal element, quote unquote paranormal, and mm-hmm. it can be associated with the realm of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So in the context of witchcraft, clairvoyance is considered considered a psychic ability that some practitioners claim to possess, which I feel like okay. we all have it. We just yeah need to hone in on it. Right. So clairvoyance is really connected with divination because of like images and, you know, divination I mean, is about sense. seeking insight and guidance and so i mm-hmm. feel like clairvoyance it, it makes sense it, it mm-hmm. does it really does so clairvoyance plays a significant role in various forms of divination where it is believed to provide practitioners with insight and information that go beyond ordinary sensory perceptions yeah so, i read about a, a witch who she said this she said mm-hmm. people call me all the time like, where are my car keys? Or the cat disappeared. Where is he? Is he coming back? And she said, usually I just know. The car keys are in the pantry next to the peanut butter. The cat is fine because he's holed up at a neighbor's house and they're feeding him. Mm-hmm. She said, there's no logic to it. I just know. And typically I'm right. Interesting. See, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's I mean, I get like, I get like feelings of like, oh, this is going to happen. And then it does. 
See, and maybe you need to practice on honing in on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can also use scrying. So scrying is the technique where a practitioner uses a reflective surface, such as a crystal ball, mirror, or a bowl of water to uh, have these visions, they mm-hmm. can be clairvoyant visions. So the practitioner would then gaze into the surface to allow their mind to enter that receptive state mm-hmm. where visions, symbols, and images may appear, which are interpreted and provide insight into questions or situations at hand. Mm-hmm. Clairvoyance. Um, you can also use tarot cards for tarot readings. So they, my favorite. This, yeah, this is it's a very popular tool for divination and clairvoyance. Why not clairvoyance be used in this as well? Mm-hmm. Um, so a clairvoyant tarot reader, which uh, to have that title would be cool. I'm a clairvoyant uh-huh. tarot reader. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, might receive additional images or insight beyond the traditional meaning of the cards. Mm-hmm. And so these visions can enhance the interpretation of the readings and provide a deeper understanding of that situation. Mm-hmm. You can also use runes and other oracle systems. So like oracle cards or, you know, your runes, your whatever you know whatever Throw your be. bones the bone yeah. throwing and yeah. that kind of thing Ooh, yeah we should do an episode on that yeah i think so, it's on our list to do is it <laughs> i think so so i mean these are all just numerous ways like aura reading like uh dream interpretation psycho Econometry, psycho psychometry. I said, there we go. Psychometry. And so, and psychometry um, involves is like the involving of holding an object that belongs to someone or is related to a particular event and using your clairvoyance to gain insights on the object's history or emotions or energies. That's like what police people would use if they're trying to find a missing person here. Hold oh, these yeah, yeah. or but, whatever. Yeah. That's Where psych- are they? Yeah. Psychometry. Interesting. It's yeah. This practice, it's um, different than like, you know, tarot, dream interpretation mm-hmm. and all of that, because this practice is based on the idea that objects can hold residual energies that you can then pick up as a clairvoyant person and tap into Interesting. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another one that was different than what we always hear, <laughs> you know, like we mm-hmm. always talk about, oh, you can use that in dream working, tarot, divination, mm-hmm. crying, uh, is remote viewing. So remote viewing is a practice where a clairvoyant attempts to gather information about a distant or unseen target. So this can be done individually or as part of a structured protocol. And remote viewing is often associated with military and government experiments but it's also utilized by some of us yeah (laughs) so for the government that stargate project for Mm -hmm. stranger things that's you know yep that's where remote that's it's called remote viewing interesting i didn't know Mm -hmm. that was the term Mm -hmm. and i I actually read about a witch who is clairaudient where she hears things rather than seeing them oh see her name is see you can see them you can smell them yeah yeah, yeah. Hear them. I, I I learned about this lady on the Learned Religions website, which we use a lot in our research. Mm-hmm. And her, her name is Mardia, and this is what she says. She says, 
I sometimes hear words loud and clear that tip me off that something is happening. At first, I thought I was going nuts, had my hearing checked, got evaluated for mental health problems, and so on. But the only explanation is that sometimes I hear a word, and it's always just one or two words, that tells me about something going on. When my mother was on a cruise last year, I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard her voice saying flood. I called her to make sure she was okay because, you know, she was on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Everything was fine, but the next day I went to her house to feed her cats and found that a water pipe had burst about 10 minutes before I got there. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Those poor cats. <laughs> I know. Well, they're probably like, oh, free water. <laughs> yeah, um, that is crazy because, I mean, the first thing that you're going to think of is like, oh, my God, she's on a cruise. Now, that's like the worst thing that you I know. have. And that t- terrified her. But don't you hear words? Sometimes. Yeah. I don't really pay attention because <laughs> i try to i okay oh yeah i've been meaning to tell you guys it's been a little while with <clears throat> everything like it's been like three weeks since we had recorded last week so about mm-hmm. four weeks now from mm-hmm. there and um i said that weird it was three weeks prior to our last last recording okay so we just recorded it, it was a while last, ago it was four weeks ago okay that okay. I've been talking to y'all, but I've been letting my walls down oh. so I can bring in, so I can have some more things. And I've been having dreams that are very real and vivid and could potentially happen. Nice. Okay. And all of that. And so I do hear words, but I haven't had any words come through this time. Where okay. sometimes when, like, it's usually around the fall when the veil is thin and my mm-hmm. shields are kind of like lower because I haven't really had to keep my guard up because I haven't been so like, mm-hmm. you know, the veil is thinner. And so now I'm more perceptive. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have had a couple of words come through and images um, where one more specifically one said, Ink. It, I can picture the picture. Like I can picture the image that came to my mind, but it was like drown. Or like something like that, Ooh. and it was of a like a little boy. I think he drowned. Yeah, this is the one that. you told me about. And yeah. that that was the only really like that was the only time where I I got like an image and a word at the same time because mm-hmm. usually it's just either an image or it's just a word. Because mm-hmm. there was one of an older gentleman that was coming through, and he it, it's all kind of cluttered. Like I couldn't I couldn't hear words per se but i could understand Mm -hmm. what he was trying to tell me he just wanted he it's so sad because i wish i could help these people but i'm also not the one to go to Mm -hmm. because i don't do that but he wanted to reach out to a loved one to let them know or his wife i think it was his wife to let her know that he was okay but i'm not the person I'll go with you. No, 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 no. I'm not the person to do that. And plus, there was no information. It was just like, I'm like, anyways, it was an older man. You wouldn't have been able to find the wife anyway, I guess. No. So, but like, yeah, yeah, I do get some images and I do get some words every now and then. But yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Who knows? Maybe like her, I could just have some health, mental health problems. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> anyways, okay. So some other ways you can use it in witchcraft is 
through spiritual communication. So some witches may use their clairvoyance to communicate with spirits, ancestors, and other worldly entities, kind of like how it was just talking about where, Mm -hmm. you know, I get messages, uh, receiving messages and guidance. You can also receive guidance. It doesn't have to be from somebody seeking guidance. It could be somebody giving you guidance and um, or warning you from other entities or anything Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... The practice is um, like clairvoyance is very, you know, prevalent. And so you see it a lot with mediums in mediums. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you don't know what a medium is, mediums are individuals who claim to have the ability to communicate with spirits. So have a high, you know, clairvoyance frequency, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They have those psychic abilities where they have sight, insight, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact Deceased loved ones, um, spirit guides are known to be clairvoyants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just stop me if you want to go into like maybe some small detail, but I, we've talked about all of these. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just going to give you like a, a light list. And if there's something that I have, we haven't really touched on as much, then that's when I'll go into a little bit of detail. Mm-hmm. Um, channeling. I don't think we've talked about channeling as yeah, much. Yeah, this one is fascinating so, to me. And I didn't go too deep because it channeling to me is easy to understand just based on the word channeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So channeling is a practice where an individual allows a spirit or entity to speak through them. Mm-hmm. And so in clairvoyant channeling, the practitioner may receive visual information that accompanies the messages or teachings from the spirit they are channeling. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this in our seance episode. We did. I do remember. To me, that channeling would be, you would really have to let your walls down. Yeah. And 100%. And as bad as I am with not having walls, I just don't know that I would be able to accept another no. entity to, or spirit to speak through me. That's scary to me. Yeah, it's scary. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no. that Yeah. Um, and then for des- divine insights, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory with the clairvoyance Mm -hmm. and then you can use it for astral travel or your out-of-body experiences Mm -hmm. and then this one's the one that i thought was really interesting was energetic imprints where Mm. uh, clairvoyance can be used to detect energetic imprints left behind by spirits or events yeah we're gonna do an episode on cursed items and things like that and i feel like a clairvoyant would Really, mm-hmm. I can't imagine a clairvoyant coming across a cursed item and getting those yeah, readings yeah. off of it. So I thought this one was really cool because the practice yeah. involves sitting in or visiting like historical locations of paranormal activity and attempting to perceive residual energies and impressions. Oh, so not necessarily even I mean, items, it could but be places. Anything, yeah. Yeah. Places, anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, You can use it in your spell work. Clairvoyance mm-hmm. is easily easily used in spell work, um, where in, in your spell work you can practice with rituals, symbols, anything like that to bring the intention of what you want. And clairvoyance is just another tool. Mm-hmm. I want to like we talk about tools and as like physical objects, but you know, clairvoyance can be used as a tool. Like that's yeah, I, I it is a of, tool. I kind of feel like it's a lot like um, intuition when you're using clairvoyance in this way. Mm-hmm. You're following what it, you know the universe is telling you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then when 
you're working in a spell or you're working with these things with clairvoyance, you always do the same things that we always tell you to do where it's Mm -hmm. like you prepare for the spell, you cleanse your space, you choose the right spell, you know, you enhance your visualization, you may receive symbols, journal, hate, another reason to have another journal. (laughs) Another journal. (laughs) Um, So I feel like everything is basically the same it just this is another tool that you can yeah. incorporate into your craft i feel like it you've got to be aware to listen to the clairvoyance that's coming to you because mm-hmm. it will help you choose the right spell it's going to help you choose the right tool you know that when i make my jar spells i i i don't i've never thought of it as being clairvoyance but you know, I'm guided to use particular crystal chips or mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. things. And that that could be clairvoyance helping me to choose the right tool. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, I feel like anything else that I say is going to be very repetitive on our other episodes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll just leave it at that. It, clairvoyance can be used in anything. It can be used for your chakra balances. It could be used for aura readings, like I said earlier, or um, maybe energetic cord cutting. I'll talk a little bit about that because that one's very interesting. Let's do an episode on cord cutting. Okay. Um, But in this one, energetic cords are symbolic connections that can form between individuals And Mm -hmm. so these cords may carry attachments or negative influences. Good, It could be good or bad influences. And so a clairvoyant like healer or clairvoyant person might perceive these cords and work to cut or release them, aiming to promote like healthier boundaries and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Or, you know, there are people who can't disentangle themselves from someone that's toxic in their lives. Yeah, yeah. And that... Uh, energy cord cutting, uh, you know, would be would be a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're clairvoyant, you can see those cords. Whereas, you know, so maybe it might not be the person who needs the help. It's going to be the person who goes to a clairvoyant to get the help because the clairvoyant is yeah. going to be yeah. able to see those cords. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's pretty much all that I have. Yeah, me too. Because uh, there's, I mean, we've been blabbing on about clairvoyance now for a little bit so it's a fascinating topic it's very and, fascinating you know i've never really uh, thought about it in terms of witchcraft before until we did the research on this mm-hmm. and yeah. i think it's i think it's a huge part of it, witchcraft. It's a huge, like i said it's a whole nother tool and it's kind of like made me think about the tools that we use in witchcraft a little bit differently because this is not a physical tool and so when you say tool, you think of, oh, okay, anathema or right. a pendulum or, you know, whatever it may be. But this is a mental tool, which I think is even more important. <laughs> I think so, too. So, yeah. Well, you do you want to do the outro? Sure. Uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find us on our website at www.c3witchypodcast.com. There you will find our episodes, links to our social media uh, let me see if I can list our social media. That's Facebook, TikTok, um, Twitter, which is now Insta- X, 
and yeah, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you can find our links to our merch on our website as well. There's like a little tab. You click merch and or shop merch exclamation point, and mm-hmm. it'll take you to our other website that is www.c3witchypodcastmerch.com. Mm-hmm. And um, there we have our spooky season merch out. So as of today, when this is released, mm-hmm. we will have almost a whole like a little under or like a little bit over, I mean, of a month for you Mm -hmm. to get our spooky merch. Mm -hmm. So, because it's limited time, it ends Mm -hmm. basically the last day of October, November 1st, it ends. So we want you guys to, if you want, buy our merch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, rep us, wear us, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. If you want these designs, get them now. Yes. Also, please support us on Patreon or Buzzsprout. You'll mm-hmm. have access access wow access to our After Dark series on both of those platforms, and then you get extra stuff on Patreon where I do uh, guided meditations. Mm-hmm. There are witchy to do lists. There are recipes. There are spells. There we have we have quite a bit. I'm yeah. Um, I I sell stuff on um, uh, mm-hmm. bats and bobbles mm-hmm. on my Etsy store, and yes. some of that stuff I put on Patreon for free for mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. supporters because we love you guys so much and we mm-hmm. really appreciate your help. Yep. And I think we're going to be trying to do something fun for our patrons coming up in the next couple months. So mm-hmm. if you want to be a part of that, stay tuned, get, get on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we'll be back. We'll be back. And until then stay witchy. Woo.